0: Hey, God Watch people, it's Phil Goth here again with the God Watch Podcast. Hey, I wanted to uh, come today and let you guys know I hope that you are having a wonderful Palm Sunday. We're recording this on Palm Sunday, and I just wanted to give you guys a little breakdown because it is the start of Passion Week, Holy Week, whatever it is that uh, that you refer to it as. But it is the day that Christ entered Jerusalem. And with that, we have sometimes have the foresight of knowing how things end. But let's focus today on what happened on Palm Sunday. Before we get too deep into it, I think, you know, commonly we refer to Jesus as the King of Kings, right? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. That's what we we hear, what we say. But But what does that really mean? And how did he get that name? And so I think if we go back to... The beginning of kings in Israel, that'll tell us a little bit more about what we should be looking for, what we should be focusing on for, for at least today. And I think that when we look at that history, you know, the, the first time the Israelites decided that they wanted a king, they said, we want a king so that we can be like other nations. And I think that that's something that we in present times deal with too. We, we want to be like other people. Even though as Christians, we know we're called to be something different. We know that we are not supposed to compare ourselves and to live a life that is always common. But the same thing happened back then, 1,000 plus years ago, 2,000 plus years ago. You know, these people wanted a king and they wanted to be ruled like everybody else. And I know one of the things that I don't do often is give you guys, uh, scripture. And I think that today, though, it might be a little bit different. So I'm going to give you one scripture first. So for those of you who don't like me reading scripture, I understand. Bear with me for, for one verse and then I'm going to come back and, uh, we'll, we'll finish up. That verse comes from first Samuel. It's for uh, Samuel 8, and then we're going to start at 10. And one of the things that they're doing is they're talking about how kings act. You know, why do you want a king? And and what it's saying is, you know, that he that he will reign over you. He will take your sons and make them to serve with his chariots and his horses. They will run in front of his chariots. Some will be assigned to be commanders of thousands, commanders of fifties and others to plow his ground and reap his harvest, and still others to make weapons of war and equip his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his attendants. He will take a tenth of your grain and of your vintage. He will give it to his officials and attendants, your male and female servants, and the best of your cattle and donkeys. He will take for his own use. He will take a tenth of your flock, and you yourselves will be his slaves. When the day comes, you will cry out for relief from the king you have chosen, but the Lord will not answer you in those days. So I think that that is going to really represent what leadership is sometimes, whether it's a king, you know, being in America, we don't have a king. Uh, But, you know, any of those people who rule over us, you know, they're going to take taxes. They're going to want a portion of what's theirs. Because when we look at things, not to, to be political, but to speak in terms of leadership, there's always people at the governing area. Their job is to govern. They don't produce. So they need what is what you have produced to be able to keep that motor running, right? Keep that engine running. That has existed forever. God is warning these people, hey, do you really know what you're getting into? And yet they still demanded it. And so they ended up giving the people Saul. That's who they chose. They chose a gentleman named Saul. And he fit this criteria of what people wanted in a king. He was tall. He was brave. He was handsome. He was well-spoken. You know, He had all of these things going for him that made him kingly. But he came in and started chipping away at things. And next thing you know, Saul stepped away from god's plans, and Saul started running his kingdom and you're going to see that throughout the whole line of kings in the Bible, right? So after Saul comes David, and you know David being a man after god's own heart, David being anointed and and all of those things that come with David, you know David was still a murderer, an adulterer, you know he had his issues right, and did not always live up to this glorious, godly potential. After David comes Solomon, right, the wisest of kings, but yet he still disobeyed God's plans. He still allowed worship of other gods. He still had all of these things that biblically we are told are wrong. And and the list goes on and on and on from Rehoboam to Asa to you can name it. All of these kings had a downfall and, and had a reason why they were not walking closely with God. And so if we look back though at, at David, David had a little different of a plan, right? David, God told him that his line will continuously be in kingship, right? That his line will be where, where the kings come from for Israel. And so with that in mind, we have to remember that they're always looking to David's line as a place where a good king can come from, But yet, for generations and generations and generations, these kings didn't exist. And we got to remember that also, we're talking Saul's reign was somewhere around 1100, 1000 BC. So, you know, this is still, I mean, obviously it's Palm Sunday, we're talking about Jesus. This is still a thousand years before Jesus has been born. And so, we get through all of these and, and separations in the country and captivities and enslavement, all of these things that the Israelites have gone through and all of these oral traditions and all of these prophecies that keep telling them that there's going to be a king that will return, that will take away all of this, all of this pain, all of this struggle and and hardship that you are experiencing. There's a king coming. You look at Jesus coming in and Jesus did actually come from the line of David. As, as funny as it sounds, Is the way that the Bible weaves itself in and out and continues to illuminate all of these little things as, as it passes down. I ended up figuring out what all the names were, and, and I went back, and I'm sure you can do a Google search. I'm not going to read them for you because I will destroy half of the names, and it'd be pretty boring to listen to me read 30 names. Because So from David... To Jesus' 30 generations. Uh, his father Joseph was in the line of David at generation 29, and that puts Jesus at generation 30. So, So Jesus did come from the line of David. And then he is going around, he's traveling the country, he's healing the sick, he's worshiping in the temples, and he's teaching, and he's doing these things that people were supposed to do. People were supposed to be Loving, compassionate, bringing these things, and the you know the Pharisees, these people who were the governing church body, were not accomplishing them. So he had this more revolutionary kind of turning things over a little bit, and and showing people a different way that they could worship, different way that they could participate with him, and it didn't have to be just this specific class of people. And so with that, we fast forward to Palm Sunday. So we hear of Palm Sunday and we hear about them throwing the palm trees on the ground and laying their robes so that he can pass over them. But what does that actually mean? So the palm leaves would be a traditional greeting for a king. And so a rabbi comes to town and they lay palm branches in front of him. And that that would signify, hey, we honor you like a king. We want you to be our king. I think Jesus knew that. You know, he knew I'm coming and and I am going to be a king. But the thing is, Jesus knew where it was going. They didn't. You know, these these people wanted a king like what they wanted Saul to be thousands of years ago, right? They wanted somebody to come and govern them honestly with compassion, you know, free them from their debts, free them from their captors. He did come to do that, but not in a way that they understood. These people wanted a king to do these things. And he said, I am a king and, and I've come to do things. But those things were, you know, free you from your sin, you know, not your debts. You know, your your debt is your sin and that will be paid for. You know, compassion, you know, I, I've come to offer grace, come to offer myself, you know, free you from your captors. You know, he did, he came for this spiritual freedom, you know, this freedom to, to be who God created you to be. And, and to allow you that spiritual freedom to be able to do that. So it might not have been the, the chains of man's captivity that he released you from, but it is a captivity. And so with that, I hope this week that you can step out and you can remember what God came here to do what jesus was sent to earth to accomplish and know that those plans were accomplished and they might not thousands of years ago they may not have understood what was going on and sometimes we still struggle to understand what's going on so as we walk this week just pray and and keep god in your mind and know that for those of us who believe that the bible is a historical document that the bible did tell us what happened Let's remember it like that. Let's remember what happened today, what happens tomorrow, and what happens on Sunday. With that, I hope you guys think about this a little bit. Have a great week and be blessed.